Book of John this morning, chapter number seven in your Bibles. John, chapter number seven in your Bibles this morning. It's good to have uh, some Pete Fields from Massachusetts with us today, fellow Yankees. And uh, they grew up about, I grew up about 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes from you guys. So good to have you today. And uh, every, it's, hey, aren't you thankful we got food afterwards? I know there's great pressure on me to preach short. And uh, so I'm going to preach really, really short, all right? Like seven minutes. And, uh, but it depends whose clock you're looking at, all right? By the way, I love it. Whenever we have fellowships, how you ladies just gather back there like mother hens protecting your desserts. And uh, I'm so thankful, Matt, that we started the teen class. Miss Janice, your cookies are great. You weren't guarding them. And uh, I just wanted you to know that. And, and there's a cake that's missing half of it. Matt and I ate that during the Sunday school hour. No, that, I don't know where that came from. Was that from the wedding? All right, well, at least it's a good story. So, John chapter number 7 in your Bibles this morning. And notice there in verse number 14. The Bible says, Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God, or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Father, this morning I pray that you'd use your word in our lives again. Lord, as we uh, define our ministry, as we look at the Savior's uh, DNA when it came to his ministry and his, his purpose, Father, I pray that uh, Christ's purpose uh, would be the heartbeat of Huntsville Bible Baptist Church. Father, help me as I preach. I pray that I would clearly convey your truth this morning. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Remember last week I, I talked about in the opening illustration about the NBA draft. For those of you that weren't here, uh, last uh, week on Thursday was the NBA draft. And, and I'm not really a big NBA fan for the season. Uh, the most exciting time for, a, uh, for the NBA, I feel, is during the draft uh, because that's when stuff happens. All the other time's boring, right? But uh, I was on a date with Chrissy. And uh, we were having a wonderful conversation while the draft was taking place. And I'm looking at her, focused on her while I'm in the corner of my eye. I'm watching the Celtics as they're picking number three. And I was tuned in and uh, just fascinated with the NBA draft because really uh, the NBA draft, uh, it, it shows the direction a team is going. And I was at Dunkin' Donuts this morning of all places. I don't know why I was there, but, uh, but I was talking to one of the girls behind the counter. And she said she was a big Knicks fan. And I said, are you upset that Phil Jackson was let go this week? And she's like, who's Phil Jackson? I'm like, you're not a Knicks fan, all right? Uh, you may say you are, but you're not. And, and uh, we laughed a little bit. And I said, you know, I like some of your former players. And, and she's like, she, was, she, she, she just chose the Knicks because they have cool cars, she said. But, uh, but, you know, you look at the Knicks, and, boy, they're very dysfunctional. Uh, because, really, they've lost their purpose. And uh, what is their purpose? Is old guys like Carmelo Anthony that has lost his uh, ability to play like he did back in the 20s? Is it, is it uh, Porzingis, that, that you know, awesome athlete from, uh, from out of country? You know, what direction are they going? They're missing their direction. There's very little DNA. This is the place that we're going. 
You look at the uh, Cavaliers, you look at uh, the Golden State Warriors, you look at the Celtics, you look at the Houston Rockets this week. Man, they're focused on winning titles. And as we tie that in, that illustration into the Lord's ministry here in John chapter number 7, remember last week we talked about the heartbeat of our Savior's ministry was on humility. And everywhere Jesus Christ went, it was not to have an ego. It was not to promote himself, though he was promoting that he was the Messiah. But he didn't walk around with a big head full of pride. And, uh, but he walked around in humility. And he was willing to love those that were unlovable. And he was willing to preach the truth. And, and yes, he was the Messiah that deserved to be worshipped. But he came as a humble servant to seek and to save that which was lost. And when it comes to the heartbeat of Christ's ministry, and when it comes to our church, listen, we, we've got to walk in humility. The Bible says that we must walk humbly with our God. And as we continue down the DNA of our Savior, the defining uh, purpose statement of His ministry, not only was it defined by humility as we looked at last week, but we come here to verse number 14 and we see that Christ, uh, Christ's DNA, His focus was on Bible preaching. And can I say this morning, church, we've got to hone in on Bible preaching. Let me say, there is a lack of Bible preaching in the churches in this area. I get, can I be honest with you? I get very frustrated as I go and I knock on doors and I ask folks if they die today, would they go to heaven? And they say, well, pastor, I go to such and such a church. And they name the church and their bigger ministries, and yet they're not being fed how to go to heaven. Well, they go and they're entertained. There's the rock concerts. There's the coffee shops. There's the attitude of come as you are and you're a member of this church. And we'll accept you no matter what. And, and yet they're not teaching the Word of God. They're not preaching the Bible truths. Why? Because there's pastors they are afraid to stand up and say, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let me just say, the purpose of Bible preaching is not to get you mad. It's not to get you to, well, a preacher just has an axe to grind. But the purpose of Bible preaching is to lead to a change to be more conformed to Christ. And if pastors are not willing to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord, this is what the Bible says. And listen, the people will not respond to be conformed to Christ. And that's why we have a lot of unsaved church people. They're going to church they may sing some songs, they may be in the choir, they may work in the nursery, they may be involved in different group activities, but they've never been born again. Why? Because the pastors are focused on the bottom line, they're focused on the bank account, they're focused on building buildings, they're focused upon their name being in some brochure as this big dog preacher instead of focused on preaching the truth of the Word of God. We have got to get to the place as a church, we've got to be at a place as believers where not only do we accept Bible preaching, but we long for the truth of the Word of God. We long for a preacher to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord, this is the way one Therein. Hey, I grew up in a church and I thank God for the Bible teaching I got growing up, but very few times did my pastor stand up and say, this is what the Bible says, how you ought to walk. Many times there was great teaching, great doctrine, but there was a lack of clear direction of this is how God wants you to live. Bible preaching always leads to a decision point. 
And Jesus Christ's ministry, every time he spoke, every time he said something, whether it's to Mary his mother, whether it's to his brothers, whether it was to the disciples, whether it was to the crowd, whether it was to the religious leaders, whether it was to the thief on the cross, every time he spoke, there was a purpose behind it, and that purpose was to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ and to help them to walk more closely with Almighty God. Jesus defined his ministry by Bible preaching. The Bible says in Jonah 3, verse 2, God said to Jonah, Arise, go unto Nineveh, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Hey, Jonah, you're not going to go up to Nineveh and preach a story. You're not going to go and preach a soft little sermonette. No, you need to preach the truth. It says in Matthew, in, uh, in, uh, Matthew 3, verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Matthew 4, and 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and in in to say, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mark 16, 15. Go ye into all the world and preach, uh, preach the gospel to every creature. Preacher, Acts 5.42, and daily in the temple and house to house, they ceased not to preach Jesus Christ. Acts 8 verse 5, and Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Romans 1.16, uh, 115, for as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.21 For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. 1 Corinthians 9.17 Woe is me if I preach not Christ. Colossians 1.28 Whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. Timothy Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Titus 1 verse 3. But at the due times, manifest his word through preaching. You understand, folks, this morning, it's all about Bible preaching. It's not about come to church and let's have a concert and let's entertain you and let's put on a show and make you feel good. The purpose of church is for Bible preaching. Can I say there are many churches that have got away from Bible preaching? That's why I was talking to um, Mr. Uh, Jason. He came last Sunday, and uh, we had coffee together. We were talking this week about, about Bible preaching. He said, preacher, he said, I long for expository preaching. I long for verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept. He said, I go to so many churches. And he said, well, he's been looking around different churches. He says, he said, I went to one church and they talked about how to be a good neighbor. And then you say hi when they're, when they're in the driveway. And the preacher said, you wave as you're pulling out of the driveway. And boy, if the neighbor looks like they're sick, you bring them a cup of soup. And I understand what he's saying, but he said, man, he said, I don't need to go to church and learn how to wave at people. He said, I want to go to church and hear the Bible preach. And we've got to be at a place where the Bible is exalted. And let me say, church, Huntsville Bible Baptist Church, we are going to major on the Bible. We're going to major on God's Word. It's all about the preaching. It's all about proclaiming the Word of God. And Christ says he went, he boldly proclaimed the truth of the word of God. Notice, first of all, in, in, in his ministry being defined as with Bible preaching, notice how he was bold in his preaching. Look in verse 14. It says, now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. You remember Jesus, it says in, in uh, verse, number, uh, verse number 11, it says, then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he? 
And verse 12, there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For it's sudden said, he is a good man, others say, nay, but he deceived the people. Remember Jesus was, uh, was, 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 they were searching for him. Brother, let me just take a little side note and say this. I want to be a church that people are looking for. You know what I'm saying? Just not in Google. Now, we pay for Google ads, and, and uh, many of you Google independent Baptist churches in Huntsville. We're number one on the list. Uh, conservative music in Huntsville, that's where we're at. Bible preaching, uh, which we advertise on Google. Let me just say, I just don't want to be a search engine number one. I want to be a church. Like last week, I was walking down the road and uh, praying, and as I was walking, I ran into a neighbor right across the street, and uh, he was walking. He said, Pastor, he said, what are you guys doing there? I said, what do you mean? He said, I've lived there for many, many years. He said, I, I see the parking lots getting filled on Sunday. I said, praise God, we want to be a church that people are coming to, not because of Pastor Schwanky, not because of whatever may be going on, but because the Bible is preached. And Jesus said, you know what? I'm on a mission, and there everybody's looking for Jesus. The religious leaders, they want to arrest him. The crowd, they want to see another miracle. People probably were there wanting to see Jesus preach against the Pharisees and, and their religious services and order and all those different things. And there were people looking for Christ. And what did Jesus say? He said, I don't care what, I don't care what people think. You know, he said, I don't care if my life's on the line. He was bold, and what did he do? He went right there in the temple and he preached the gospel. Let me say, we need some boldness. Let me say, church, it's just not the job of your pastor to preach. By the way, it's just not the job of men to preach. Ladies, you're to preach the gospel. What is preaching? It's proclaiming, right? Now, there's a difference between pastor and all right. We all have been instructed to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's your job. And when, you know what we do? When we have a gospel track and somebody's at work and they're lost and you say, hey, here's a gospel track on directions to heaven. When you are preaching the gospel... We're all instructed to preach the gospel. But you know what we do in our, in our lives so many times? We're very shy when it comes to the gospel. Oh, we know we need to be bold. And by the way, we're bold about Alabama football, aren't we? Roll Tide, right? Go, I told you many times, going to Costco, right? Wear my Alabama shirt. And they talk about the backup quarterback's second mom's hangover, right? It's like, I don't want to hear that, right? And uh, let's talk about the hangnail this guy had 14 months ago. It's like, I don't care. But we're bold about football, right? And we're bold about... Whatever else, right? We're bold in, our, in, in the things that, that we like to talk about. And yet when it comes to our witness, what do we do? Boy, we, we shy away. Listen, when's the last time you were bold? One thing about the revival that I was able to go to last month there in Worcester, Massachusetts, it really gave me a, a hunger for boldness. It really, really stirred me to be more bold in my witness. You know Pastor Casey preached for us a couple weeks ago, or months ago. And uh, boy, he's just bold. He, he, may not, he may not do it all right, but he's bold, all right? He may be wrong, but he's on fire, right? And, uh, man, I tell you what, that boldness, boy, stirred up and passion for me to tell folks about Christ. Listen, we need that boldness. We need to be bold in our preaching. Paul, hey, he could have a life of ease. He, he probably would have been a, a very rich man if he hadn't gone forward preaching the gospel. But what did Paul do? He went to the cities and he preached the gospel. Paul, if you don't be quiet, we're going to throw you in prison. Throw me in prison, I'm going to keep on preaching. Peter, if you don't stop preaching, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, uh, kill you. Peter said, it doesn't bother me. I'm going to keep on preaching. Jude, James, down the list we go. John, you stop preaching or you're going to be in trouble. And John said, throw me into that boiling oil. I don't care. Put me on the island of Patmos as an 89-year-old man. I don't care. I've got a message to preach. And they were bold. They did not back down. Are you bold in your witness Christ? He went into the midst of the temple. He sat down and he boldly preached the word of God. Oh, that we would have a burden and a boldness. By the way, if we really believed hell was real, we'd be bold. I talked to a guy uh, a couple days ago. Knocked on his door. 
came to the door. I told the kids he was wearing a skirt. And I came to the door and I said, uh, said hey, my name is Pastor Schwanky. I said, uh, I pastor Huntsville Bible Baptist Church and I want to invite you to my church. And he looked at me all weird and everything. He's like, why? And he asked me this. He said, Pastor, why did you walk up all these stairs? I'm, I'm up heading toward the mountain. And he said, why did you walk up all these stairs? I'm sweating right out of breath. He said, why are you here? I said, I said, there's two reasons why I'm here. Number one, I'm here because I'm commanded to go. Jesus didn't say, if you feel like it, preach the gospel. He didn't say, if you're, you know, if you're shy, then you're an exception to the rule. He didn't say, you know, if, you're, if you can speak and be eloquent, then that's your job. And, and if you're laid back and relaxed, then that's not your job. No, Jesus said, go ye. That's everybody. I said, so God's given me a command to go. And I said, I'm here because that's the command. I said, but the other reason I'm here is because I believe what the Bible says. And the Bible says that, sir, if you die today without Jesus Christ, that you would go to the lake of fire. I said, and I don't want you to go there. Boy, he took a step back. He said, man, he, he started witnessing. He said, man, you give me a lot to think about. But listen, so many times we get, we get nervous. Well, I, I think I told you guys about my friend. He's opened up a tattoo shop right across from the Walmart. And uh, man, I, go, I go into Jay's shop sometimes, and I start handing out gospel tracts. And I start preaching at Jay. Jay's mom's a, uh, Jay's mom's enjoys preaching. And she's like, go for it, preaching. And I have a great time. But you know what? Most of us, we see somebody that has a bunch of tattoos, and we're like, ooh, I'm scared, right? Listen, those guys are just crying out for attention. They're just looking for somebody to love them. They're looking for somebody to say, hey, I love you and Jesus died for you and here's how you can go to heaven. Listen, what we need is to get over our fear. I mean, what are they going to say? Listen, when you live in the United States of America, it's not like we're in Iraq or, or you know, Istanbul where they'll chop your head off and you'll die a martyr's death. We thank we, by the way, you may suffer persecution here in the States, but we got freedom. And what are we doing with that word? Hiding our right under a bushel. And God says, let your light so shine before men. And Jesus said, I don't care if it's popular. I don't care what you think. He believed the message and you gave him boldness. Oh, that we would have boldness. To take the gospel of Jesus Christ and let it affect our neighbors and let it affect our community. Oh, that we would be paced like Christ was with Bible preaching. He defined his brand as a Bible preacher. He was bold in his preaching. But notice in verse 15, how Jesus was Bible in his preaching. It says, The Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Wouldn't you have loved to have been there for that sermon? Uh, what did Jesus preach? We don't know. But, but you know what I really think? I really think it was something that, that obviously we know wowed the crowd. Because they, they came back saying, How in the world does Jesus know these things? He, he doesn't have letters. That means degrees, all right? That means all the doctoral degrees and the masters and all these things hang on the wall. They're like, Jesus is just a carpenter. He's just a man from Nazareth. How know what this man letters, having never learned? Hey, you didn't sit under Rabbi so-and-so. Josephus was not your instructor. Hey, you don't have the historical background and the teaching of all the rabbis of that day. How in the world are you able to preach like that? Let me just say this morning, you don't need degrees hanging on your wall to be a witness for Christ. You know, people, I've had people say, well, pastor, I'm just not smart and I'm not able to. I've had people say this, pastor, I'm not able to think as quickly on my feet like you are. You know what I tell them? Say, if you don't know the answer, still witness for Christ and say, I'm going to go home. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to come back with an answer. You don't have to have all the answers. Listen, I don't know. I was talking to Jehovah's Witness this past week. And uh, boy, some of their doctrine is different. And uh, they, were, they were quizzing me, and I'm like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about, but I do know that Jesus is the only way to heaven. 
And, and, and I, wasn't, I wasn't mean about it, but I was like, I can, you give me a question, I'll look it up and I'll get back with you on it. I don't have all the answers and you don't either. But what we need is we need to be like Christ, bold, and, and we need to preach the truth. And Jesus preached a wonderful, I would have loved the men there. I would have loved to heard the sermon. I read the Sermon on the Mount, those Beatitudes. It's like, man, some powerful thoughts. By the way, Jesus kept preaching. I mean, all you have to do is just rest on like two or three words. It's like, man, that's powerful, right? Blessed are the peacemakers, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Uh, you know, I mean, down the list we go. But man, he sat there, he taught the word of God, and everybody was amazed. Why? Because Jesus preached the Bible. God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. We must be Bible-based in our preaching. Jesus had a powerful message because he was willing to make much of the Bible. More Bible equals more power. Let me just say this, Sunday school teachers. You better make sure your Sunday school lessons are based in the Bible. You better make sure it's all about the Bible. You say, well, I've got the flashcards. No, God didn't say, I'm going to bless the flashcards. He said, I'm going to bless the preaching. He didn't say, well, you know, I remember one time my kids went to, uh, to a junior church and they put on uh, one of those little kids' cartoons. And uh, that's what their Sunday school lesson was. I'm going to say, God never promised to bless Veggie Tales, But he promised to bless his word. And Jesus made much of the Bible. Sunday school teachers, you need to own your passages of Scripture that are being taught in the class. It's not just waking up Sunday morning and coming up with something, but it's a message that burns in your soul all week. I read this week on Barnum's survey, 19% of Christians read their Bibles daily. 19%. And you wonder why there's a lack of Bible preaching. You wonder why there's a lack of Bible knowledge in our churches. It's because we're not in the Word. Jesus loved the Bible. He made much of the Bible. He, was, he preached the Bible. He was doctrinal in his preaching. He did not make up new doctrine or teach to wow the crowd. Doctrinal preaching is rich, rich preaching. It's mining the deep gold nuggets that have been settled on the bottom of the riverbed. It's actually working. Let me just say, church... When it comes to your own personal life, you need to start mining. You need to start digging. Listen, thank God for many of you that have this year, uh, you grabbed January 1st. By the way, we're halfway through the year. Uh, by January 1st, you grabbed, I'm reading through the Bible in a year, and you got the check mark. I hope you're still on pace to do that. Thank God for many of you that have taken that step. But listen, it's just not reading your three or four chapters a day. Maybe you need to meditate upon it. You need to think on it. You need to dwell deep on it. You need to just let it sink into your soul and challenge you. And Jesus, why did he preach so powerfully? It's because it just wasn't, hey, let me get up there and fly by the seat of my pants and preach a thought. But no, he preached the truth of the word of God. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Grabbing from Genesis and Malachi and Mark and all throughout the Gospels. Pulling it all together to deliver the word of God. We must be doctrinal in our preaching. Anybody can teach and preach the stories that they've heard their whole life, but where is the man of God, the lady of God, that's willing to labor in his study for Bible truth? He, not only was he a Bible in his preaching, not only was he doctrinal in his preaching, but I love in verse 18, his preaching was all about humility. He said in verse 18, he that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him the same is true and no righteousness is in him. It wasn't, hey, about, look at me, pat me on the back, what a great preacher you are, but no, it was all about the glory of God. All the way these pastors that walk around and they think there's somebody Hey, they're, they're getting all the glory. Jesus isn't glorified in that. Hey, all our sermons, all our teaching, all our Bible study, it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, Jesus was bold in his preaching. Number two, Jesus was Bible in his preaching. But I want you to see thirdly and lastly this morning, when Jesus preached, his preaching led to a decision. Look in verse 17. It said, if any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine. 
whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself, what did Jesus say to the crowd? He said, you've heard the truth. Now do it. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. The Bible says this is the way, right? This is the direction we need to go. Walk ye therein. I was uh, told Matt this morning, in, uh, as we were talking in Sunday school, I was reading Ruth uh, last night. And uh, Ruth has just uh, moved back with Naomi. She's been gleaning in the field of Boaz. And, and Boaz looked out and he's like, Woo! She needs, a, she needs a husband, right? And so he, his heart starts flattering and at her all over the place. And, and uh, Naomi says to Ruth, All right, here's what you do. Nighttime. Everybody's around the campfire protecting all those the, the barley harvest. And when everybody's sleeping, you go and you, uh, you get his blanket and you climb underneath and you wait for him to wake up. Boy, she goes, she slays down, and the middle of the night, guys gets scared, wakes up, there she's at his feet, and she's, he's like, what are you doing here? She said, you're next to Ken. And Boaz said, all right, I want to marry you. Uh, wilt thou? He, he wilted, she wilted, and they wilted, and they said, yes. And uh, Boaz said, all right, here's the deal. There's somebody closer of kin that... that their job is to redeem you, to be the kinsman redeemer before me. He said, I'm going to take care of that in the morning. He said, you go back home. He said, here's a big old sack of barley. And she goes back home carrying that sack. She knocks on the door. Naomi comes to the door. Tell me about the night, right? And uh, Naomi, <clears throat> here's a story. He's going to marry me. He's got to figure things out. And uh, there in Ruth, it says, uh, Naomi said to Ruth, she said, sit here. She said, stay here. Stay right here. Until he takes care of his business. I might preach on that sometime soon. Just sitting here in the will of God till God opens the door. But what did she say? She said, here's the commandment. You just wait until the man, till Boaz goes and makes sure it's okay for him to marry you. You, make, you just sit still until all the pieces come into place in your life. Until God directs your step. So many times in our life, what are we trying to do? I told Matt, so many times we try to push open the doors. We try to say, well, I want this, I'm pursuing this job, I'm pursuing this career I'm doing, I want this car, I want this house, I want this, whatever it is, fill in the blank, and we're not willing to just sit and wait on God for God to open the doors. We're not willing to be obedient with what God has already exposed in His Word. And I love what Jesus said to the crowd. He said, listen, if anyone will do His will, that means being obedient. God, this, by the way, the will of God, Matt and I were talking, it's not about what college do you go to. It's about who you marry. It's not about, you know, where do you eventually live. But all that will fall into place as a man walks with God, as a lady walks with God. But what's the will of God for you today is to obey the Word of God. Listen, it's not rocket science. You know, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Witness for Christ. There's the basics. Listen, do the basics. You do the basics, and God, as a, as a just man walks with God, the doors are open, and God reveals His will for the future as somebody's walking day by day. I told Matt, I said, for the last seven, eight years of my life, I knew, and Chrissy knew, that God was going to have, a, have us pastor one day. I didn't even know where Huntsville, Alabama was. When I, I, I think I told some of you, when, uh, when, we, when, when uh, I found out about Huntsville Bible Baptist Church, I was originally going to be going to California. There was a pastor that had come here, or that was, that was going to candidate, and he was a pastor out of California, and, uh, and he ended up canceling, not candidating there, and he went down to Texas. And uh, he had a great service there, there in Texas. Man, uh, he felt like everything's going good. Looks like I'm leaving California to go to Texas. And he called me up, he said, preacher, he said, would you uh, come up here, would you candidate in Northern California as I get ready to go to Texas? And pastor, I'm like, man, this is an open door, let's do it. 
He called them back a couple days later. He said they took the vote. I missed by just a few votes to get the church in California. He said, it looks like I'm staying here. He said, but hey, there's a church in Huntsville, Alabama. He said, let me give you Pastor Ed Deal's number. I called Pastor Deal. I didn't know where Huntsville was at, man. I just knew I'd come from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. That's all I knew, right? But what, what, you said, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying for seven plus years, ten years in evangelism, the last seven years, we knew that God was going to lead us pastor somewhere. And it was daily being faithful. What's God's will for me today is for me to go to Lima, Ohio and preach. It's for me to go to the UP of Michigan and preach. It's me in the wintertime to be in Fort Myers, Florida preaching. It's for me to be in North Carolina, South Carolina, Idaho. It's for me to be obedient to the doors he's opened. And boy, as we kept on being obedient, reading our Bible, praying, Lord, open the doors, show us your direction. God led us here in the perfect will of God. Jesus said, you want to, uh, you want to be a Christian that knows the doctrine? You want to be an individual that knows that the doctrine is true? Then do the first thing. Believe it and walk in it. By the way, you're here this morning without taking that first step. You say, I, I, preacher, I, man, I want to I wanna know I'm on my way to heaven. The first, the, the longing that everybody has in their life is for purpose and for, for eternity. You say, preacher, I want to go to heaven. How can I do that? You've got to follow Jesus' word. Jesus didn't say go to church and go to heaven. He didn't say do communion. He didn't say do the rosary. He didn't say do, you know, do 50 million Hail Marys. He didn't say go to, go to this school or go do this. No, he said the only way to heaven is through me. He said I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me, he said, straight is the way that leadeth to life everlasting, and few there be that findeth, because broad's the way to destruction. If you want to go to heaven, friends, you've got to go to the Bible way. And the only way to go to heaven is by realizing that you're a sinner. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all guilty. We've all missed the mark. God's standards perfection. We've all fallen short of that. Hey, that's the Bible message. It's not Pastor Schwanky. It's not me trying to pick an axe with you and make you feel uncomfortable. It's what the Bible says. You miss God's mark of perfection. The Bible says because of our sins, the wages of sin is death. Not only physical death. We've all been to the graveyards. We've all been to the funerals. There's a physical death. But the Bible talks about a spiritual death in a place called hell, in the lake of fire. And it says to, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, the Bible says in Roman, uh, Revelation 20, verse 15, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There is a spiritual death. And the wages, what we've earned because of our sin, is a spiritual death in the lake of fire. But I love where it says, but the gift of God is eternal life. And it's only through Jesus Christ our Lord. A gift is a gift, not because you've earned it. You can't earn this free gift. Hey, my Christmas time, my kids get little presents wrapped under the tree. Man, a gift is a gift, not because of, I, you know, I could buy it from them, but it's a gift because they give it to me. Jesus gives us a free gift. But just because the gift is there doesn't mean you're on your way to heaven. What must you do? Romans 10 verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You've got to make the choice. I believe what the Bible says. I believe I deserve hell because of my sin. I realize Jesus is the only way to heaven. And by faith alone apart from works, I believe in Jesus and I'm going his way. Hey, it starts with salvation. And then believers, it starts after salvation. It starts by simple obedience. Can I ask you this morning, are you obeying? Are you walking with God? Are you saying yes to His will and His word? Are you an individual that is saying no to the word of God? Jesus' preaching always led to a decision. So in our life this morning, we must be bold in our witness for Christ. 
In our lives, we must be known as Bible-based believers. Why? Because God has chosen the foolishness of preaching, the Word of God. It changes and transforms lives. I wonder this morning, first of all, are you obedient in salvation? And second of all, Christian, I wonder, are you responding biblically to the Word of God? And then are you bold in your witness for Christ? Practical truths that we must apply in our lives if we are going to be defined as Christ was, as a Bible-preaching preacher. Let's pray together. Father, we love you this morning.